Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com or drjimrichards.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development program that changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hey, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to this third message in this series, The Spirit and the Power. I'm just telling you this, this is just consuming me. It is so good. It is so reconnecting me to all of the early days of this walking life in the spirit. And the real truth is I do walk in the spirit today. It's probably just because it's not so new to me. It just doesn't seem quite as thrilling, but I can tell you this, it seems equally uh, peaceful. It seems to bring the great amount of confidence and trust for God. And so I want to share this with you because walking in the spirit is just one of those things that really people don't understand. And as I mentioned in an earlier message, you know, some of the things that happened back in the Pentecostal movement and the early days of the charismatic movement actually made it where people were resistant to anything about the Holy Spirit because they were always afraid that yielding to the Holy Spirit was going to be acting crazy and and acting nonsensical and just doing things that really everybody that was paying attention knew they weren't really spiritual. They They were just kind of crazy. And so there's a concept of being led by the Holy Spirit You shut your eyes and you have absolutely no clue where you're going or what you're going to do. And you may walk off a cliff any minute, but it doesn't matter because you're being led by the Spirit. I'm telling you, that kind of religious nonsense has turned people off to God for literally hundreds of years. Because when you are walking by faith and not by sight, when you're walking with the Spirit, you might not be walking with the sight of your eyes but you are walking with the clearest sight of the Holy Spirit revealing to you in your heart exactly where you're going, exactly what's going on, exactly what you need to do. You are never, uh, you're never doing anything wild. You're never doing anything crazy. You're just simply seeing into another dimension, experiencing God in in, in a deep internal dimension that makes it really a lot easier to walk through life uh, with the eyes of your heart than it does with your physical eyes. Now, people struggle to make good decisions. It just amazes me at some of the horrible decisions that people make, horrible business decisions, uh, horrible relationship decisions. Man, alive. you know, I, I can't even tell you over the years how many times I would have somebody come to me and they say, you know, Pastor Jim, you know that I'm dating this person and and you know that we we're engaged. We've decided to get married. And I know for a fact that this is the worst decision I ever make if I marry this person. I said, well, that's that's pretty simple. You just walk out the door. If you love them and care about them, you want them to have a good life, just like you want to have a good life. You just need to tell them, you know what? I, I don't have peace about this. This is not something that I can uh, follow. This isn't some, something that I can do. P- pretty simple. People trust the wrong people. And you know, one of the things that's so very interesting, I have taught our heart physics coaches. I've taught 
the people that have gone through our Bible school and, and many of the ministers that I work with, when people come to you and they, they have had a devastating thing happen in their life, you know, they made a decision where they, where they got ripped off for all their retirement money, or they, they made a decision, maybe even where somebody close to them died, or they made a decision you know, that called, brought about some horrible event in their life. And, and they always come just, just complaining against God as if God somehow or another either did this to them, allowed this to happen, you know, should have protected them. And without exception, every person, unless they were just too filled with pride and ego to, to talk about it, but without exception, every person that was willing to have a reasonable conversation would always always answer this question in the affirmative. Was there a particular time that you realize in your heart that you should not make this decision? And without exception, they always said, yes, there was. There was an absolute time where I knew I should not go ahead with these plans. I should not go ahead with this relationship. I should not go ahead with this business deal. Well, what did you do? Well, I just thought maybe, I just, I don't know. I just thought maybe it was just me. Well, you know something, this, this brings us to one of the reasons why people do not, uh, cannot, and ultimately will not follow the leadership of the Lord and come into, come into making incredibly good decisions. You know, we have talked about this before. There are there are several Greek words, all of which are a type of sin. And by sin, I'm not talking about, oh, 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 you did something bad wrong. I'm talking about you did something that kept you from the very best that God was trying to give you. Because sin is not just that you fall short, is that you fall short of the glory of God. You miss out on the glory of God. You miss out on the perfect outcome that God is trying to bring into your life. So. Uh, and the Greek word for this means to hear amiss. I, any of those of you who have been following me for a long time, you have heard me talk about this. Hearing amiss is when we hear something, but we don't take it seriously. When we hear something, we put it off. We hear something, we discount it. You know, uh, in the parable of the sower, it's kind of interesting because uh, in Mark chapter four, it talks about the, the, uh, the first way that we lose seed, the word of God that is sown in our heart, is that the devil comes, snatches it, or steals it away. And so that English translation brings us to this really unscriptural concept that the devil can come and pull the word of God out of our heart. Well, first of all, in the Greek language, it does not say that this seed that was sown along the path was actually sown in the heart, and that's the problem. It never got into the heart. Uh, but one of the things that's very interesting, and I always tell people, listen, when you think about the devil, you think about how he steals from you, it's, it's never because, see, he can't get into your mind. He can't speak into your mind. He can't read your mind. Whatever you're hearing in your own mind are your own thoughts and your own words. Now, the word devil, you think about the devil, he, he's a liar, you know, he, he's a thief, he's a slander. And one of the most powerful things that happens is when we act 
in the devil's behalf, and we slander ourselves. We disqualify ourselves. We convince ourselves, oh, I couldn't be hearing from God. Instead of pursuing something to see if it is God, to see how it's going to come out into our life. And so hearing amiss is a sin that I think keeps, uh, or a type of sin that keeps good, godly, uh, honorable, serious Christians from stepping into what God actually has from them, maybe more than any other kind of sin than you can imagine. Because those of you who are serious about God, you're not out here doing incredibly wicked things. You're not out here committing immorality. You know, you might be facing some challenges. We all face challenges. But the big thing is we just disqualify ourselves to be able to hear from God for ourselves. Well, of course, church has taught us that religion. It's taught us that religion tells us that we need to, to run and you know, get a pastor, an elder, a teacher, somebody to tell us if what we're hearing is from God or not. And so we, we just rely on external sources so we never really become stable in whether or not we have or we haven't heard you know, the voice of God. In the book of Romans, the eighth chapter, uh, this is one of these scriptures that probably nearly everyone that's read much of the Bible knows. It says, for as many as are led by the Spirit, these are the sons of God. Now, this concept of being led by the Spirit, I mean, this has been around since the beginning of all, you know, biblical uh, history, because all of the great patriarchs of old were led by the Lord. They, they walked with God, they listened to God, they recognized God. And, you know, one of the things that's very interesting is the great majority of times that the Bible talks about someone hearing hearing the voice of God, they heard it in the heart. It's not saying they actually heard this voice in their ears. They heard it in their heart. They had to learn to walk with God just like we have to learn to walk with God. And so I think most of us want to be able to walk with God. We want to be able to be led by the Spirit. But you know, one of the questions is, well, what, what does that really look like? And how do I know the difference between my thoughts and, and, and the thoughts of the Holy Spirit? How do I know when I'm being led uh, uh, by the Holy Spirit? How do I know when I am being just led by my own thoughts, feelings, and emotions? Well, in the audio series of this, I, I, will, be, I will have time to go much, much deeper into this. And as you know, my audio series are not just an overlap of my video series. The audio series are for those people who do want to go deeper, who are seeking to be disciples of the Lord Jesus, who are, are seeking to build their life on every word of God that proceeds from the mouth of God. And so, so in the audio series, I'm able to go much, much deeper. Now, you're not going to get cheated out of anything here, but I just want to make sure you know that, if, you know, if you're tonight, you can download the audio series, and I'm telling you, you can take the deep dive tonight. And you can get you about uh, 50 to 60 hours uh, of teaching that has a lot of things that we do not have the time to go into in uh, these uh, video sessions. But we're going to give you everything we absolutely can. Now, I want you to understand that in this context of this scripture where we're talking about being led by the Spirit, it is in the context of being spiritually minded versus carnally minded. 
Now, the word carnal is not, it's really not talking about, you know, nasty, evil, wicked, immoral, necessarily. All the word carnal means is natural. Now, the natural mind is actually focused on how to gratify the desires of the flesh. And, you know, it's not, hard, it's not wrong to desire, you know, to gratify the natural desires that you have. It is wrong to let your life, however, be led by, directed by the fulfillment of the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And so our problem is that we are carnally minded. We are naturally minded. And so we have trained ourselves to think that the ultimate fulfillment in life is the fulfilling of these natural desires. And if, you know, if I eat the food that tastes good, if uh, my pride, you know, if, if, I, if I've got the top job, if I'm making money, all these kinds of things, then, then this is going to bring me happiness. No, it's not. That is not going to bring you happiness. It's not so much that you are not allowed to have those things. That's not the point. But when having those things, pursuing those things is something that is more natural to you than hearing and following and listening to the Spirit of God, that's when there is a serious problem. And so we want to be people who who do not put these natural desires first, because if we do, then our mind is always going to be focused on meeting these needs, and then honestly, and there's a whole lot of reasons that we're going to go into, you won't hear rec and recognize the voice of the Spirit of God when He actually is trying to speak to you. Now, in 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 14, it brings out the fact that spiritual truth, spiritual reality, is spiritually discerned, and it cannot really be comprehended by the natural mind, because it doesn't make sense to the natural mind. You know, the natural mind is not just rooted in fulfilling these lusts, these desires of the flesh, but it is rooted in fulfilling these desires by a corrupt system, the world system. So it, it's not, it doesn't just stop with the fact that you're trying to fulfill your natural desires and you're putting that ahead of your spiritual desires. It even goes on to the fact that I will lie, cheat, and steal, I exaggerate, you know, all of these kinds of things, manipulate, control. I will do all of these things in order to fulfill these natural desires. But it's really interesting, in, in uh, 1 Corinthians 2, 9, it says, it says, now listen, no matter what you've seen and how good it is, you need to understand that no eye has ever, ever, ever seen anything as good as that which God has prepared for him. You've never seen anything. And so... You think, well, where can I see it? Well, you can't see it with your, with your natural eye. He says, and really, he said, you have never even heard. You've heard testimonies about great things happening in people's lives. You have still never heard anything that's as good as what God has prepared for you. And you think, oh, man, it can't be any better than this. This is, oh, yes, it can be better. Just wait just a minute. In fact, it has never even entered into your heart. You have never even imagined how good 
of a life God has prepared for you, for those who love him. And then it goes on, and you know, you, you kind of say, well, well I want to know that. I, I, I want to see that. Okay, and that's fine. Verse 10 says, God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yeah, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of man except the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now, he says, we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that God has freely given to us. These things, verse 13 says, we also speak not in words uh, which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual to spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. So God's got this life for you. And the honest truth is he is always attempting to lead you into this life that's better than anything you ever heard, better than anything you've ever seen better than anything that you have ever imagined. But the problem is you cannot, not only can you not grasp how good of a life that God has for you with your natural mind, uh, you can't, there's several aspects that you can't even grasp having a good life apart from fulfilling the lust of your flesh. And you can't even imagine being able to fulfill the lust of your flesh if you don't do what everybody else does. You don't just have casual sex, you know, be dishonest, exaggerate, lie a little bit, you know, all of these kinds of things that we all do. And that, you know, every person sitting, every teenager sitting in a counseling session with you says, well, you know, this is just what everybody does. This is what you have to do. Well, no, you don't have to do that. And the sad thing is when we gratify the, uh, the desires of the flesh and we do it in ungodly ways, we get our heart gets harder and harder and farther and farther away from being able to actually hear and recognize and sense the voice of the spirit and understand how he is leading them into this incredible fulfillment. So I want to, I want to function like a son of God. A son of God is someone who is led by the spirit. And so you know, a son of God, here's one thing that's really interesting. The, the concept of a son of God in the Old Testament, you know, a son of God, of course, was a first generation offspring from God. So Adam was a son of God. But uh, Cain and Abel and Seth, Noah, everybody, none of them were sons of God because they were not first generation offspring of God. The angels were called sons of God because the angels were created by God. They were created by God through the Lord Jesus Christ, by the way. And so they were a first offspring of God. Now, in the new covenant, because we are born of the Spirit, we are sons of God, and we have all the rights and privileges uh, legally, of all of the first offspring of God, of the eldest son in a family. We have that. We come into our new birth with all of that. So as sons of God, we have rights and privileges that 
Honestly, it's primarily ignorance. It's primarily ignorance of the word of God. It's primarily ignorance of, of not being disciples, of not giving ourselves over to the Lord and, and learning how to walk with him, learning how to move with him. You know, uh, one of the things, when, you know, we talked about the fact that, that these decisions are spiritually discerned. In other words, it is the Holy Spirit that leads us through seeing and grasping these things. And remember, the Holy Spirit works in your heart. So whatever comes into your mind, it can come into your mind through your five senses, your, you know, your natural desire. It can come into your mind uh, through what the Spirit of God is saying uh, inside you. And when we do not have knowledge of God's Word, then the real truth is, we have no basis to know if what we are sensing, what we are recognizing, what we are perceiving, is this really God or is this not God? And right now we have a, a massive crisis of ignorance of the word of God. People, believers, 21st century believers as a whole, I'm not, I'm not saying this about you, but I'm just saying, as a whole, 21st century believers do not read the Bible. What part of the Bible they read, they do not understand the Bible. They do not meditate on the Word of God. They don't write the Word of God on their heart. They don't develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit so that they come to recognize and sense when He's leading, when He's speaking. And, and so it's like we've got all these tools, all these resources, all these things that are freely given, but we are accessing none of them. And we've come to believe that we can just run to church, you know, uh, on Sunday morning, hear a message, and that's really all we need for life. No, if you want to walk this and where you're led by the Spirit, you have to know the Word of God to some great degree. You know, the Holy Spirit will bring to your remembrance the things that Jesus said, but the problem is if you never listen to them, you can't remember. You can't remember what you have never heard. Now, one of the most interesting things about this, and you know, I, I'm, I, I will cover some more of this in future sessions, but one of the most interesting things about this is you have to remember this. You know, the word believe in the Greek language is, it is actually inherent with the concept of uh, obedience. Anything you believe, you actually obey it. You put it into practice, because if you believe it, you do it. Anything that you are not doing, then the real truth is you don't believe it. And so one of the problems that we have in general with the promises of God, and see, all these promises are in the Bible. All these, all these things that the Holy Spirit wants to open up to us, they're in the Bible. You say, well, then why, do they, why does the Holy Spirit have to teach them to us? Because we read the Bible carnally minded. We read the Bible trying to understand it from a natural perspective. And the real truth is, we just can't do that. But the Holy Spirit can bring these things alive in us, and we can perceive them in ways that supersede our intellect, that supersede any other capability that we have for, for reasoning these things out. But also, the Hebrew word in the Old Testament for here, uh, that word here uh, is uh, actually spelled in the root version identically to the word obey. Now, 
what this tells us is that is that obedience is connected to hearing. But one of the things that we understand from how those Hebrew words are, are translated is this. You will not allow yourself to hear anything that you're not first willing to obey. Now, you may hear God say it, but it won't make any sense to you. You may recognize that the Holy Spirit is trying to take you someplace, but it doesn't make sense to you. And so, and so, you know, our first thing in this journey has got to be that, I, you know, I am not going to be carnally or naturally minded. I'm going to be, discover what it means to be spiritually minded. You know, Romans 8, uh, verse 5 says, those who live according to the flesh, they have their minds set on the things of the flesh. Well, what are the things of the flesh? My desires. Now, one of the things that always leads us into temptation is the fact you know, our desires are not evil within themselves, but then the question is, when a desire comes, how will you fulfill it? Will you fulfill it according to the world system, or will you fulfill that desire uh, according to God's system? Now, if you trust God, if you believe that God is a good God, then the real truth is you know that you can trust him with all of your desires, and he will bring you into the fulfillment of all of your desires where there's no destruction, no damage done to you. It's kind of interesting, you know, you know, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evils that the Bible says. Well, one of the things that's really interesting, so many people take that and say, okay, then, 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 you know, wanting to be wealthy and prosperous is successful. Well, no. Uh, Book of Proverbs tells us that God will cause us to prosper and there will be no sorrow added to it. You start, you, you start realizing, no, prosperity, for example, is only destructive if you're going to pursue it in an ungodly way, if you are pursuing it because all you really want to do is use it to gratify all the lust of your flesh. In other words, if the destruction is in your heart, that's what brings it into your life. But if the destruction is not in your heart and you trust God and you pursue things according to God's word, then you come into these things with no trouble. You come into these things with, with peace and with joy and all these things. So, but if you, when you have a desire, the natural mind is always trying to figure out how will I gratify this desire? How will I have sex with this woman and not get caught? How can I get ahead financially? Uh, even if I have to do some dishonest things and not get caught. But it says, listen to this, but it says, those who live according to the spirit, their mind is set on the things of the spirit. And, uh, you know, this is going to get us into a dimension that goes back beyond what we can actually cover in this, uh, in this session today. But it says, to be carnally or naturally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Now, listen to this. The carnal mind, the natural mind, the mind that, that tries to sort out all these natural desires and figure out natural ways to fulfill them, is enmity against God. It's not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Now, you need to go in and read all of Romans chapter 8 for yourself about the carnal mind and about the spiritual mind. But see, the spiritually minded person is the person that turns to God 
and actually listens for the Holy Spirit, listens for God to teach them, listen for God to provide direction for, uh, for everything that, that they desire, for every fulfillment. Uh, and, and the Holy Spirit will lead you into these things. You know, I mention this quite often, and this is the way I learned to follow the Holy Spirit. This is the way I learned to transform my life. I'm going to hit the highlights of it. I'm going to hit it several more times, explain it more in each, in each following message. You know, one of the things you can't do is you can't get away from reading the Word. And when you read the Word, you want to read the Word, surrendering yourself to the Lordship of Jesus and saying, Jesus, as I'm reading the Word, I want you to be my teacher. I want you to show me what I need to see. I want you to show me what I, what I, how part of this I need to apply to my life. And then you just wait and meditate on it and ponder it. And I'm telling you, you, if you go into reading the Word, you will always hear back from God. This is what I want you to see out of this. This is what I want you to get out of this. Listen, being led by the Spirit takes you into a dimension of living like the eldest son of God who has all the promises, all of the inheritance is his. Be sure and share this with people that it will bless. Go to impactministries.com, check out the website, got all kinds of stuff for you. And I will talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address www.impactministries.com or drjimrichards.com with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website from previous broadcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.